Hello, welcome to the Fantastic Grotto. My name is Rudy. Joining me is my co-host Tasha. Join us in our cave of wonders as we discuss movies, television, and thingamabobs. And welcome to this new and exciting experience. Tasha, how are we doing today? I'm good. It's been a week, a week from hell, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was actually sick this week, but I feel much better now. Oh no. I feel 10 times better now. Um, how was your week? Uh, good. Funny how you mentioned that I was sick the week before, but I'm better now. <laughs> There's I something was, in the air. Yeah, it definitely is. Okay, <laughs> so this week, now that you're not sick and I'm not sick, <laughs> this week's episode, we are going to be talking about something that you and I love dearly. It's close to both of our hearts. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how we uh, became friends. We're here to talk about the 1989 Disney film, the Little Mermaid. Go, Little Mermaid! <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely love her for many, many reasons. Um, I, for one, uh, grew up watching her, and I just knew that once I got older, I was going to have red hair. Uh, I knew it was going to happen, but definitely didn't. <laughs> How about <laughs> What about you? I know you love her. Tell me why you love her. Yes. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, growing up, I had a crush on her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> crush on her. I thought she was beautiful. I thought she was cool for being a mermaid. And also, this is my mom's favorite Disney movie. So I have this connection with her because mm-hmm. of that. She loves the ocean. So it's just a nice connection that I have with her. But now as an adult, like I just love her for even more reasons. So, but I'm just so happy we, we're getting this movie in a live adaptation soon. Yeah, it's the one live adaptation that I personally didn't need. I, I didn't, you know, people, you don't want people to touch your faves. I was like, I don't need one. But mm-hmm. now that they're making it, I'm okay with it. Uh, we'll get there. We'll, I'm, I'm excited about it. My personal connection with it from childhood is kind of like yours. It's a slight connection with my mom. Mm. It was the one Disney film that had a Caribbean flair to it. And my mother is from Trinidad. So it felt like, oh, Uh this is something that I can align with in a way. Um, Because they had a Jamaican crab. Although I'm not Jamaican, I'm Trinidadian. But it was a Caribbean (laughs) flair. (laughs) So that was one of the things that made it near and dear to my heart, I would play his part, his song over and over. My mother would get so sick of it. Um, (laughs) But you know, and I used to, I'm old, so it was VHS days. I used to have to wait for it to rewind and then play it back. (laughs) So I was committed. (laughs) I was very committed to seeing it. But I know that you kind of um, have a little bit of history about it for us to explain to us today. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, where do we begin? So the Little Mermaid, the restart in general for Disney, it started the Disney Renaissance that we are all familiar with throughout the 90s. But it was the 20th Disney film at that time. And also, this was the first film, if I'm correct, since The Rescuers since 1977. So, man, there's just so much going into this film. Apparently, Walt Disney, when he was still alive, was considering making this film back when he was still with us but sadly it just didn't happen while he was with us and it just time and time passed by and it wasn't revisited until 1985 he had so many amazing ideas never mind i mean there might be like personal issues with him i get Mm -hmm. those and those are all very valid but he's such a creative person to think that he was in his head wanted to make this movie 
for such a long time and for the people to say okay let's make it disney the, the disney studio to say no let's let's move forward uh, i i think that was amazing foresight on his end to know that it was going to be good because he just knew honey <laughs> <laughs> he knew there was a hit on their hands mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he definitely did yes and it's funny because this movie almost didn't happen a second time so <laughs> Apparently, you know, as the story goes, the CEO at that time, Jeffrey Katzenberg, didn't want to make this film um, because at that time, Splash and Tom Hanks was a huge hit. No, it was a Tim Allen. No, it was Tom Hanks. Excuse me. Sorry. 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 It was Tom Hanks. That's right. So Splash was a hit at that time. And they were considering a sequel possibly for that movie. And he thought, you know, why were we going to make another mermaid film when we already have, you know, huge success with this first one? You know, why make another one? But it wasn't until he read the treatment for The Little Mermaid that he thought, you know what, let's move forward. I think we have something special here. And here we are now. Jeffrey was an is. I don't think he's passed away. Let me I don't know. But um, he's an interesting character. They have that documentary on Disney Plus. I think it's called Waking Sleeping Beauty, where they talk about how much the animators kind of despised him when he came from whatever studio he was at and came over there and just was making changes that they all absolutely hated. And a lot of people quit or got fired because they just did not want to work for him uh, because he just was doing things very differently. I don't know. Sometimes you're like, yeah, we need a breath of fresh air at a job. And, And other times it feels like, Someone shows up and when they're new, they make changes that are unnecessary just because they want to um, like leave their mark, which is kind of what happened with the old Disney CEO. But, you know, we're not going to go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's a whole other story. But I could see why he wouldn't want to make another one after Splash, um, because most people up until even now – they don't understand that animation is its own like art form. And so mm-hmm. he was like, he's like one mermaid movie is the same as any mermaid movie. I don't, I don't want to make another one. Splash was good. That's one of my favorites too. I do have it a is. thing for mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great mermaid film too, by the way. I love those underwater shots in general. And that's why I'm super hyped for the new one coming out. Cause I'm excited to see what they're going to do with modern technology on I'm top of the so scared everything looks like a video game to me i but remember you and i were talking in general and i said i'm scared of what cgi is looking like nowadays and right. we just came to terms that that's might be just what cgi looks like now mm-hmm. um and i might have to get over the fact that everything looks a little bit like a video game to me mm-hmm. i don't know fingers crossed there's hope we'll see <laughs> we'll see within a month <laughs> we have one more month of waiting Oh, man. But let's begin with Ariel, actually. So the creation of Ariel has there's a lot of twists and turns with Ariel in particular. So one thing specific, they did not want her to be blonde because of Splash. So that's why they wanted to go with the red hair. And also, fun fact for all of the Charmed fans out there, Alyssa Milano, who played Phoebe, um, they used her facial likeness for Ariel. But for when it came when it came to the body movements, they use one of the writers, Sherilyn Stoner, for body movements, which I thought was interesting. And mm-hmm. also, fun fact about Sherilyn, she was also the body model for Belle for the following film, Beauty and the Beast. So I think that's really cool. 
It's kind of like it's the same. If I remember right, I was on Instagram. I think it's the same. Well, she's clearly not the same person, but I think they had the same body model for like Snow White, Cinderella, and all the first set of princesses oh. that came out. They have the same body model and they have videos of her walking around and, you know what I mean, and dancing. And then they have the animation next to it. And it's so funny how they use the same person for multiple films. And we don't notice it until later that we're like, oh, those movements are very much the same. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting that we don't pick up on it. I mean, maybe we didn't pick up on it back then. I think nowadays we would, we might could figure it out. <laughs> you know, it's funny because on top of that, I remember seeing this video and I'll send it to you too. It's so interesting how the animators would recycle certain scenes and we don't even know. For example, Cinderella dancing with Prince Charming was recycled for Sleeping Beauty dancing with her Prince Charming. You can't tell, but when you see them like together and the way they're moving, like literally in the exact same motion, it's amazing. I don't know. And you're <laughs> right, though. You don't notice it until someone points it out. And you're like, oh, my God. It's like, exactly the exactly same. Exactly the same. I think the person, the people who probably notice it would probably be actual animators mm. because it's their job. You know what I mean? They're working on it all the time. So they probably watch things and then say, hey, that's the exact as this. And as this, and as this, because it's their field of study. Whereas you and I, uh, for for lack of a better word, are morons. And <laughs> 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 just watching and enjoying. So, but I think that's cool. And I think they still have body movement to this day. I remember, um, I think, was it in that same one? Was it in Sleep and Beauty? Or was it in... Um, I think it was a no. You know what it was? There's that documentary on Disney Plus. Clearly, I'm a documentary person, right? The <laughs> one about light and magic and how they were doing the um, animation for the raptors running. And so they had all the animators go outside and run like raptors. What? Uh-huh. And then one of the lead animators, they had them all jumping over a log. And he jumped over a log and fell and broke his drawing arm. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> yeah. So that was that's a lovely random tangent, but they do still do it. Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> uh, broke his drawing arm, couldn't draw for the rest of the project. Wow! Oh, no, <laughs> he got benched. No. <laughs> It's uh, uh, they were doing research and in the end he couldn't even be a part of the project. That's yeah, so, sad. Yeah. so funny, but yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Back to sorry for the yes. tangent. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, part of the creation for not only Ariel but a few other characters involves uh, one of the filmmakers, Mr. Howard Ashman. Who, oh man, Howard in particular was just a special piece of the puzzle. So, lead to Ariel too, but with Howard. He was brought in to, you know, consult with the music as well, alongside Alan Menken, the Alan Mm -hmm. Menken. And it's funny because at that time, Howard had recently been working with a play called, let's see, Smile. It was Smile. And sadly, Smile didn't do so well. And the reason why I bring this up is because Jody Benson, who voiced Ariel, was a part of that production for Smile. Mm -hmm. And sadly, because it didn't do so well, Alan, excuse me, not Alan, Howard, uh, he said, you know what, uh, let me just give everybody here a fair chance to audition for the movie, for Ariel. 
and Jody won the role. And wow, yes. So I, I think that was really sweet of him to give them a fair chance, sadly, because obviously it wasn't his fault. The play didn't do so well. But I think that was really genuine of him to give everybody a fair chance to audition for some type of role in the movie. And we got our Little Mermaid. We did. I mean, Howard, he did, he did amazing um, Broadway work when he was here. Um, I mean, Little Shop of Horrors is a masterpiece, in my personal opinion. Uh, he did that as well with um, Alan Menken. But oh. I thought, yeah, and you... Um, him and Jody, they clearly had an amazing relationship because they still show the video now of him in the booth with her when she was singing Part of Your World. I know you've seen it before, right? Yes, I have. And it's he's so beautiful. Leading her and telling her where to take her breath and how to sing it and don't belt it, pull back just a little bit. He's he said he famously said that um animation is um is the new like Broadway and the fact that you can really tell a story, new musical. It's the new form of a musical, he was saying. How you can tell a story in that way without having to worry about putting on a stage and it going bad, even though it's a good show, because that famous, um, famously happens for amazing shows on Broadway. They'll get on, they'll run for a week, they'll win a ton of Tonys, but because no one actually went to go see them, they don't last. So he moved over to doing animation. That's one of the reasons why he was interested in it. Because he was like, I can still make musicals in the way that like fulfill my soul and not have to worry about selling tickets. It'll still exist because it's on film. I love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Yes. And may he rest in peace. He he just did such tremendous work. When you look at those videos of him in the booth with not only Jody, but also Pat, mm-hmm, <laughs> Pat mm-hmm. Carroll, who voiced Ursula. We'll get to her in a bit because Ursula in particular has an interesting backstory. <laughs> but with Howard, you can see in the look in his eyes when he's in the booth with Jody and, and Pat, but with Jody in particular, when they're going over part of your world you can see the look in his eyes. It was like he was channeling Ariel. And one thing that Jody and both Pat actually, yeah, both Pat and Jody said this, they were inspired by Howard when they, when he was in the booth with them. Mm -hmm. So they took some of his movements and just, they were inspired by him. So again, he was a very special piece of the puzzle. So it shows. And I'm so grateful he was able to work not only with this film, but with some of the following projects as well, because I know he was working with Beauty and the Beast as well. He was a part of that. Mm-hmm. So, I believe that he was Beauty and the Beast. Um, it was The Little Mermaid, and then it was Beauty and the Beast, and then it was Aladdin. And I believe, I can't remember if he passed away when Beauty and the Beast or passed away during uh, during Aladdin. I can't um, it was Beauty and the Beast because he passed away in 91 and um, Beauty and the Beast came out in 91. It was so sad. But I heard he wasn't always nice. So. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, not to speak ill of the dead, but, you know, some people, when they know what they want their art to be, they make it clear, this is what my art is going to be. I think that's the type of person they said he was. But, I mean, I'm not mad at him. I'm excited. He made some of my favorite songs of all time. So. Mm-hmm. Why would I be upset about that? And one best original song for The Little Mermaid at the Golden Globes um, and um, at best original song for the Academy Awards for The Little Mermaid as well. There you go. Boom. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
man. And what's a great hero or heroine in this case without a good villain, which brings us to Ursula, voiced by Pat Carroll. Oh, man. (laughs) Pat Carroll was amazing. Yes. And we can't spell Ursula without the one and only Divine, the drag queen that inspired Mm -hmm. Ursula. I love Divine. She Okay, so... Divine, I know that you're going to talk about Divine, but did you ever watch any of those old movies that she was in? Like, I've seen a few clips, but not films because those are, well, you can't even stream them, I think, but I've seen mm-mm. a few clips. John Waters' films are not always my favorite. They're just so strange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to know if you've seen them because they're so outlandish and so ridiculous and so off the wall and to think that something so honestly it's very risque was the inspiration for something disney like not mm-hmm. even not even her being a drag queen because that's honestly not risque at all but she like she would do the weirdest things on stage eat things smash things over her head oh <laughs> yeah it was a lot <laughs> it was a lot but go ahead finish telling okay. me about pat carroll and um I don't know if we even said it that because we just started talking mm-hmm. that Ursula, she the same way Alyssa Milano was the face for Ariel Divine is the face for Ursula for anyone who didn't know. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like, again, the very few clips that I've seen of Divine, you can see the theatrics and just mm-hmm. like certain movements and the like facial expressions within Ursula. So Again, the drama, the theatrics, you can clearly see it when you see, you know, the movie. And when you see, like, clips of Divine, it shows. Mm-hmm. It really does. The hair, the makeup, the the body. All of it is <laughs> Ursula. All of it. Yes. And here's the thing, too. So, oh, my gosh. Okay, so before Pat Carroll, we... Okay, this is interesting. So, here's the thing. Before Pat Carroll was cast as Ursula, Bea Arthur from Golden Girls was offered the role of Ursula but said no, which then the role was given Rich. But funny how you mentioned Howard Ashman earlier. She clashed with him. Uh, they just Told weren't <laughs> <laughs> they just weren't getting getting along. So she left the project and then eventually Ursula found her, you know, it's you know, her way to Pat Carroll, or Pat Carroll found her way to Ursula. And honestly, it was just a match made in Disney heaven. Disney heaven, yes. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I was like, no, just go with heaven. But you, you nailed it. Thank you. Disney heaven. Was Pat, mm-hmm. did Pat work with, um, did Pat work with him before? Because I feel like she did Broadway, right? Oh, that I'm not too sure. I'm not sure if she worked with know. Howard specifically before this. I don't know, because I wonder, there's something that I would probably should have looked up, but I do wonder Excuse how me. she got the role like the specifics of it you know what i mean right yeah she's 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 a person she's like old hollywood has been well she's passed away may she rest in peace um but she was one of those people that has been acting for a very very long time so i do wonder how she got the role it's always very interesting yeah she did do theater I'm oh, okay. sorry. I'm on my I'm on her Wikipedia now, <laughs> so maybe they're from the same world. Possible. No, since um, since you're into musicals, I know that a lot of the musical crowd tends to like bump into each other. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's possible. 
in the same way Hollywood is small and um, Broadway is small too. So it's all kind of like the same people, same projects over and over. Um, So I can imagine, especially back then, the world was small back then too, the same way it's small now. It's even smaller now thanks to the internet. Um, So I can imagine that they were both, you know, heading to the theater together on the train, you know? They're bound to bump into each other, I guess. Mm -hmm. You're right, though. It's kind of like Hollywood. Like, you're always bumping into somebody you know. Even Mm -hmm. if it's not for a project, maybe it's just like a red carpet or, like, something behind the scenes. Yeah, it's very, it's a very small world. So I can imagine maybe they knew each other from something. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I wonder how she got her job. Because she basically spent the rest of her life just being Ursula. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Like, she spent the entire, the rest of her entire life getting the Ursula bag, and I can't be mad at her. I don't think anyone's played the voice of Ursula besides her uh, while she was alive. And she did it so well. Mm -hmm. Even when you see interviews of her talking about the making of the movie and just the character in general, you can tell she loved playing the villain. She Mm -hmm. loved it. And that laugh, man. Iconic. Such a good laugh. Absolutely iconic. She's such a great actor. I um, I wonder, right? Because if we think about it now, the casting of the current movie, they cast a bunch of names. Pat Carroll was a person who worked in Hollywood, but she wasn't a huge name in the '80s. She'd been, she was kind of quote unquote for Hollywood old at the time. Mm. And now for everything that Disney or just movies in general cast, they're always looking for a name, and they don't really get an unknown. I wonder if for the new Little Mermaid, if that if they weren't always looking for a name, if we would have gotten an unknown in the same way Pat Carroll was an unknown for Ursula, oh. and it maybe could have even been better, or maybe just not someone so Hollywood. It's like I have in my head a few drag queens I would have wanted to play Ursula. Um, everyone wanted Ginger, you know Ginger Minges. No. Oh, oh my God, Ginger Minge literally looks like Divine. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, she very much resembles Divine. Um, and so I, I would have wanted us to go that route if we weren't looking for a specific name. But they went with Melissa McCartney, who, again, I, I do have concerns about because I wonder how she's going to sound singing. And I've never seen Melissa play evil. I don't know. Um, but I haven't seen I, every single thing she's been in. So we know her for doing comedy. I have serious work mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she can pull off at least being the villain how she's gonna sing and sound like well we'll see because again back to pat carol and divine very charismatic you had this deep powerful voice so again she brought the drama so we're gonna have to see so i see your point in that <laughs> i think Ooh. you you kind of hit the nail on the head i don't think melissa's voice is deep enough for me I think her voice is a little bit too high and I just I I don't have the faith in her sounding as villainous as I want her to sound like yeah Ursula's voice is deep Um, Maleficent's got this deep voice Scar has this lovely deep voice even though no did I like the Lion King live action no but the person who played Scar uh, he still had this very deep voice I don't know if Melissa has it. And if she does it, like if she puts it on, is it going to sound bad? I don't know. That's not what this is about. Again, no. I apologize for my constant No, you're tactics. fine. <laughs> it's fine. You know, it, it is a valid concern, though, because, for example, Aladdin a few years ago 
the actor who played Jafar, Jafar had a deep, powerful voice. Same like mm-hmm. I liked his acting in the movie, but his voice was just so high pitched. And I'm like, no, not my Jafar. So again, I liked his acting. He looked great. It's just his voice. I could not take you him You thought he enough. looked great? I thought he looked so young and not scary. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I wasn't A lot scared. of people, no, it's because, you know, what's funny. Funny how you mentioned some people were like, was like, but some people were like, "Ooh, why is Jafar young and sexy?" <laughs> he was. He was a little too hot for me. I was like, I was like, how? Some people were rooting for him. That was yeah. Funny. <laughs> I, was like, I don't like how attractive you are. I didn't really want you to be that hot. Like, and so I get it. You know, an evil, good-looking villain. We love it. We stand. Um, but he wasn't. He was almost too good-looking. He wasn't old. He needed to be older. If he was mm-hmm. older and good-looking, then it, I could understand why Jasmine would be like, ew, I don't want to date you. But the way he looked, I was like, girl, why not? <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, why not? Go for it. Uh, he the one with money. Aladdin is broke. <laughs> <laughs> no lies are being told. No lies are being told. Sorry, so, yeah. Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Aladdin. Nobody, you're broke. Naveen is broke. Honestly, <laughs> we could talk all we want about the Little Mermaid, and we could talk all we want about Belle because she also is annoying. But at least they married up, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny. Oh my gosh, so hilarious. So I know that we talked about Pat Carroll, and we talked about. Um, divine we talked about ariel um so i have something random about the movie that i don't know if you know Mm. this one might be a good one okay um so the opening weekend that it came out which was november 17th it was actually not the number one movie oh which one was it then so it came out on the same day as harlem nights (laughs) oh and harlem nights took the box office as number one and Little Mermaid wasn't even number two. Uh, Number two for its opening weekend was actually Look Who's Talking, which had been in the theaters for like a month or something at that time. Little um, Look Who's Talking was released in October of 1989 and was still in the top three in November. Oh, dang. (laughs) So the week that Little Mermaid came out, November 17th, 1989, Harlem Nights was number one. Look Who's Talking was number two. It had been in the top three for weeks and weeks. And then The Little Mermaid was number three. And then I believe number five was All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, that movie. Oh, my gosh. Don't don't get me started. Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a beautiful ending for a movie. Sorry, Mm -hmm. let's not not get sidetracked. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's one of my favorites as well. But um, I also don't know if All Dogs Go to Heaven was released that same weekend i just think that it's interesting although i I do think it was um because i I think the two studios the studio for um all dogs go to heaven is a offshoot from disney because the guy who worked at disney left to open his own studio um so i do think that they came out the same weekend and they were supposed to like go head to head to see who's actually going to be um the lead in animation because at the time that studio was also releasing the land before times remember those oh. movies and those were whooping disney's butts those american tale you know with the little mouse little i think it was fido mm-hmm. i don't i've been a disney kid my whole life 
I did not like Land Before Time. Those American Tales did not hit for me. Oh. Um, they didn't. <laughs> I didn't. The one time, I mean, I guess I could say I kind of uh, tiptoed over to the dark side was with All Those Go to Heaven and Thumbelina. <gasps> Thumbelina! <laughs> Jody Benson also voiced her. Wait, her. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I think that my love of Thumbelina still is rooted in Disney because Jody Benson was Ariel. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I think those two movies, All Those That Heaven and The Little Mermaid, were supposed to go up head to head and then see. Because at that point, like we said in the studio, the Disney studio was not doing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, animation they were thinking about not doing any more animation at all and just sticking with like their touch tone things uh which is where touch tone touch tone right is that where yes. splash is yeah touch tone yep yeah that's where splash came out of so it's technically the same studio but an offshoot of the studio that's where you'll get uh cursing because you don't get cursing with Disney. <laughs> <Right. laughs> that's where you get your cursing uh so thank goodness the little mermaid did well if she hadn't done well, I don't know if we would have gotten... Actually, I'm going to stand on this. Ten toes down. If the Little Mermaid had not done well, we would have had no other princesses after her. Boom. I said it. It's true. <laughs> it's a fact. Again, she was a restart. She did that. I said it. I stand, girl. Mm-hmm. I stand behind her. Everybody <laughs> that doesn't like her, that's fine. But if your fave is after her... <laughs> just know. <laughs> just know. Your fave would not exist without her okay Mm -hmm. absolutely be respectful of your elders that's all i'm saying (laughs) Mm -hmm. and really quickly i just want to point out two quick things so oh my gosh so it's again back to the changes and just the you know the worry about the box office and every you know movie goer so jeffrey katzenberger again the ceo at that time was worried about the movie for a few reasons one of them being he was worried it would only appeal to girls but not boys as well and just overall families well i mean families yes but he was worried that would only appeal to girls another concern he had was that during test screenings and i don't know even know why this was such a big deal but apparently during test screenings one little boy dropped his popcorn and he was more focused on that, picking up the popcorn instead of the actual movie. And he was worried about that. As ridiculous as that sounds, that's what he was worried about. But clearly, the film was a hit. Mm-hmm. It was a huge hit. I think so- that kind of speaks to what we're saying about Jeffrey. Like, he didn't really understand how to make animation because he, was also, he also came in midway through The Great Mouse Detective and made them change the name of it, cut their budget a little bit, I think. Um, so I, I don't think he really understood animation at that point. He got to it because he also was the head over the Beauty, Beauty and the Beast and over Aladdin, so he mm-hmm. learned. But I think at that time, maybe he didn't understand. Or maybe he didn't understand children. Maybe he didn't make kids stuff before that. Maybe we should look that up. Because, yes, kids are... They, they don't pay attention to anything. And if they drop something, <laughs> that's the only thing they care about. Like, right. One, they just got one-track mind. And there's one specific change that he wanted to do. And I'm so glad the animators fought for this, especially animator Glenn King. So apparently, allegedly, uh, Jeffrey wanted to cut out, um, cut out part of your world. And it's like, wait, what? You That's can't it. cut that song out. No. No. Every musical has an I want, right? The ingenue, mm-hmm. she sits down, she looks dead at the camera, or she sits in the middle of the stage and she sings for you what she wants. Mm-hmm. And that's the I want song. And that same uh, like blueprint of having your main character sing her I want song, it, they do it to this day. 
Like they have it in in Encanto. Like right, she has her. That's the, think about it. Everybody has that I want song, and he was gonna he was gonna cut the I want this man. He didn't know what he was doing. I'm And that entire soundtrack is just beautifully done. Not just the musical numbers, but even just like the score. So mm-hmm. you can't do a, again. That song is iconic, and like you said, it's her I want song. You can't have that movie being done without it. I can't even picture that movie without it. To be honest. It wouldn't make sense because mm-hmm. there's a, not that everything has to be exactly the same, but there's a reason why the I want song exists. Then you begin to care about what your heroine, what her goal is. And that's part of why people say that um, the Little Mermaid isn't as bad as, as people like to say she is when they say, oh, she gave up everything for a man. In her I Want song, she sings that before she even meets Eric. So she's singing about wanting to be a human before she even meets that man. Absolutely. You're right. People sleep on that for some reason. (laughs) So she had a goal. It's like, you know, if you always wanted to move to Atlanta and then you visit Atlanta all the time and then you meet a man there, yeah, you're going to (laughs) move. Uh, she wants to go there anyway so Mm -hmm. i just you know i just again that song is important and that song also lets us know that she wanted to be in the human world before eric even showed up she had dreams you know Mm -hmm. just like all all of us do you know and and i feel like it's kind of like that small town story where you know there's nothing for you here you want something that's out there in the big world Mm -hmm. that's the same thing for ariel she's no excuse she's no different than the rest of us ariel and nemo said i want out (laughs) (laughs) not finding nemo (laughs) ariel and nemo said i want out I'd like to know what's not in this part of the ocean. I'd like to know what's someplace else. Mm-hmm. And they both went and they learned. Nemo came back. Ariel did not. And I love that for my good <laughs> sis. <laughs> I love that for her. Mm-hmm. Here's so, the thing, though. Kind of, kind of going back to, to what we were talking about, Aladdin and Naveen. So here's the thing. She's a princess. She's still got with a prince either way. Yes. So she stayed in her realm. So... It's not like she got with the street rats. So, again, I applaud her for keeping it within the kingdom realm. <laughs> so, she already had money. He's got money. They're good. She's got said royalty or bust, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for her. She mm-hmm. married. She married. I, get, I do think she married up, though, because I feel like she married Eric, and Eric had no siblings. So, all of that realm was his. Whereas Ariel had all these sisters, so she had to share. Yep. So Absolutely. She might have married up a little bit. I'm, One, I'm also excited about the sisters in the new movie. Yes, I'm, I'm excited to see. I, I'm, again, I'm curious to see how much we're going to get of them. But also, one thing I do know that this was confirmed by... The director, Rob Marshall, for the upcoming movie, um, I believe I believe it was him. I think it was him who said, we're going to get more his backstory and a little bit of his life. So I'm like, okay, cool, interesting. We'll we see. needed it. Mm-hmm. We yes. Needed it. I also, um, and I know we're not necessarily spending this time talking about the new movie, but, you know, we keep popping in and out on it. I stand Rob Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stan, Okay. Uh, very simply, Chicago. <laughs> That's right. He directed Chicago. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. You know what? I'm so glad you 
Why did I confuse him and Las Berman? He did Moulin Rouge. My bad. Not yeah. Chicago. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Chicago. Okay. The man said, let me tell y'all what I'm finna do. <laughs> Chicago <laughs> is one of the greatest, in my opinion, and we can do a whole show on Chicago. Y'all let me know. Uh, but <laughs> I think it's one of the greatest stage to film adaptations for a musical ever. That... Um, Dreamgirls is another one of my favorites. Uh, to bring it back to Howard Ashman, um, Little Shop of Horrors is another one, stage to film adaptations. If you've ever seen both, you understand why it's so good and so important. And it's just, again, I stand Rob. He's actually why I have a little bit more faith in the new movie. Because I, I trust him. I know he's, he knows what he's doing. In, in in doing adaptations because he's done so many. He has the vision. He has the experience. I'm yeah. curious what he's going to do with this film once it comes out. Yep, because even um, one of his other film memoirs of a geisha that's from a novel. He does adaptations very well. So I think it's going to be if we talk about the new movie really quickly. I think it's going to be directed well. I think. The music is going to be amazing, um, but I think I'm I'm going to think the CGI is cringy, and I think that <laughs> Melissa is going to disappoint me because she's not evil enough. Mm, oh man, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Let's just hope this all turns out well. well what see. about you? What are the things that you think are going to happen with the new one? Okay, for sure, vocals from Hallie in particular are going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what the musical numbers are going to be, even with the the visuals. How it works, I, from my understanding, we're also supposed to get new songs from the Broadway version mm-hmm. of the story. So I'm not familiar with the Broadway version. I've never seen it. So I'm curious. I've seen see. it a few times. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious what Ursula is going to be like. They said that we're going to get more of Eric. So I hope we get more like cute scenes between him and Ariel in particular mm-hmm. and then yeah. them hanging out. So, And then, of course, meeting her sisters because we don't hear them. Well, actually, we don't really interact with them in the movie unless you've seen the animated series. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what they're going to be like. And again, just the entire cast. So Sebastian, King Triton, everyone. I'm excited. So we'll see. Again, vocals. I think we're going to get some good vocals. So I'm rooting for Hallie. I'm a Chloe and Hallie fan, so I'm I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. And they released Part of Your World earlier this week. So and it, she sounded amazing. She I just can't great. wait. Yes. Yeah, so I can't wait to see what that scene in particular is gonna be like. Well, I know if we're getting songs from the show, I know you've never seen it, but if I could choose a song from the show that I would like to be in there, it would be, I think it's called Let the Good Times Roll, or I Want the Good Times. I want the good times back. It's a song that Ursula sings. Um, It's really, really good if you ever have time. Um, Go ahead, hop hop over to Spotify and listen to it. Um, It's it's like fun and upbeat. Um, But in that show, when I saw it, I think both times I saw it. uh, I actually think I've seen it three times. Um, Clearly, The Little Mermaid is my favorite, right? It's not even the greatest (laughs) Disney show on Broadway. I just kept going back because I love her. Um, You know Titus Burgess? Yes. Oh my gosh. He played Sebastian. <laughs> and then I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think, didn't he say he wanted to audition for Ursula at some 100%. point? 100%. There's a video of him on YouTube singing Poor Unfortunate Souls. 
it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I've listened to it as if it's a single. Like I just go to his YouTube <laughs> and play it. He has such a great voice. But yes, he was Sebastian. Um, Sebastian is another thing that I'm worried about for the new Little Mermaid. Mm, as much so. as I love David, I just don't know what he's gonna do as Sebastian for the songs. Oh, okay. Because if not he has an accent, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I know that people love his French accent, but I, as an actual West Indian person, nine out of ten times despise anyone's Caribbean accent. It's always so bad and cringy for me. Oh, it's probably okay. like for you, if anyone has a Spanish accent and they're not actually Spanish, it's probably very cringy for you as well. Oh, yes, I get Oh, I totally get it now. <laughs> oh, yes, don't get me started. Lord, give me the strength. <laughs> so it's very mm, cringy and gross. Um, so that's another thing that I'm concerned about. But I mean, at least you have you have more faith in Melissa than I do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait and see <laughs> one more month <laughs> one more month and then um my little cousin when he was little i'm going to give you guys one quick anecdote um they let they made me watch him i'm a person where once a kid gets to a certain age i'm not going to watch certain things on tv because then they start to conceptualize so I watched him all the time, every single day. So, you know, we were watching Disney movies and mm-hmm. I would put on The Little Mermaid. So she was his favorite. And we Aww. took him to see Disney on Ice. And she came out and he goes, Auntie Tosh, oh my God, it's Ariel. Aww. She's beautiful. <laughs> Aww. So sweet. And to this day, he still loves her. He texted me when they announced the movie and was like, I want to go see this with you. And remember, that was like years ago. Then he texted me again recently. I thought he was just talking. Mind you, the kid is 16. And, you know, teenagers don't like anyone or anything. He texted me. He was like, Auntie Tosh, when are we going to see this? (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, I guess we're going to see it the weekend he comes out. He said, yeah, I don't want to wait. I want to see it right away. And I want to see it with you. And he feels so good. Oh, she remembered you. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, teenagers are trash. So the fact <laughs> Ursula laugh. Ursula laugh. The fact that he was like, Auntie Tosh, I love you. Let's go see a movie together. Oh, made me feel so good. Made me feel like the cool aunt. Like so. That's my like little wrap up to mm. still loving the Little Mermaid and then like, passing it on to other generations because he's so young and he still is into it. I also think because he's sixteen that it has less to do with me and more to do with Hallie, but mm. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I'll let it go. <sighs> but yeah, so that was I think that was our show because we went through everything. We talked about mm-hmm. our hype for the new. Film. We went on a bunch of lovely tangents. <laughs> I hope everyone was entertained by us just, you know, talking, having a great time. Um, if is there anything else you wanted to give to the people? Oh my gosh, just you know, we hope you're just as excited for the new film as we are. We hope you love the original just as much as we do. We're hyped for the new film. We love you, Ariel. We love you, Ursula. Shout out to Howard Ashman, Pat Carroll. Samuel Wright, who voiced Sebastian, may they rest in peace. And mm-hmm. honestly, Tasha, this was such a great show, and I'm so glad we did this together. I'm so glad we did this, especially since we share mm-hmm. our love 
for this redhead. I love other redheads too, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> we could talk about Pippi Longstocking all day if you guys want to. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Uh, one of the things that I like to say all the time is um, if you spend time the way you spend money, it's something you cannot physically get back. I can't pay you back time. So I was appreciating people spend time with me. So thank you, Rudy, for spending time with me. And Aww. thank you guys for spending time with us. <laughs> in our fantastic grotto uh let us know if you want to hear anything later and we'll see you guys bye bye have a fantastic day everyone mm-hmm.